Hi everybody, this is Sean, I play Rip. This next episode is an As They Sleep. We lost some audio from in between the last episode you heard and this one. And unfortunately, there were also technical difficulties with our personal recordings and we only had two out of four people for that. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go through a quick recap of what happened in the missing episode and then we'll move on to the actual episode. After Rick and Brigard finish their night out and Ricky Lacrum is finished, uh, the party goes out uh, to do some basic stuff during the day. Brigard goes, speaks with Russell early, and generally goes about the town doing his guard duties, while Rick, he goes and spends some time with his two undead minions, whose names he actually learns uh they are not in fact the wolf brothers uh brought back into the bodies of the wolf brothers they are named alec and baldrick and the one that seems to never speak apparently does on occasion he gives them a little more freedom to do what they want while just narrowing down like what they can't do at some point during this rick is contacted by the Archdevil Garion. This has to do with the weapons we're supposed to seek later, specifically Fiendish Victory. Garion promises Rick that if he gets Fiendish Victory away from Brigard and delivers it to him, or rather to Mal, that he will offer Rick a wish, anything within Garion's power. Uh, Rick takes this information and, you know, keeps it close to himself. And then the party opening the Vagabond's Respite, uh, Russell's new bar slash gambling hall slash brothel. Its grand opening is happening. And Rick, uh, while he's off doing this other stuff, uh, still quite pissed off with Russell, sends Ricky Lacrum to attend instead and to keep an eye on things. During this, Brigard starts getting drunk uh, and Ricky Lacrum eventually reports to Rick that Mal has returned to town. He has appeared, just poof, using teleportation into the bar. This brings Rick himself in, where he, Russell, and Brigard speaking about an upcoming departure, uh, to which Russell says that he may catch up later before giving Rick an amulet that makes him appear as if he's alive as an illusion and giving a magical revolver to Brigard. Rick speaks with Mal, uh, pushing not horribly subtly certain conversative points asking about where he's been and such. And Mal requests in his subtle way to, instead of talking about this here, to meet him later at his blacksmith shop. Amidst everything, Vari slightly veils the threat of if an alchemical joke, this polka dot and stripes mixture that she snuck into the ale of the tavern can get in, so can far worse things. Subtly threatening Russell, um, Brigard gets, by the end of the night, very wasted. And uh, that's pretty much it at the... Near the tail end of the night, Rick goes off to speak with Mal. Brigard is asleep drunk in the main room of the Vagabond's Respite. And we lead into this as they sleep. Very sorry about missing content. Unfortunately, with technical difficulties on two people's behalves, as well as the main audio, 
there wasn't much we could do to salvage it. So this is what we could remember together, and I hope it's enough to give you context for what happens coming up. Thank you very much. Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Hello, and welcome to Dustrious, a high-magic, high-fantasy, homebrew setting based loosely off the Pathfinder 1E system. This and Eldritch Dream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and in memory of Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our episode to hear about some projects that some of these people are working on. But for now, let's get started with our story. All right, so Sean. He. Rick had had a little conversation with Mel. Just a little one. Um, at the gaming table. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious Rick was trying to get to something that Mal was not going to discuss in public. And so he tells you you could meet him at his house. So after your meeting with Brigard and Russell in the kitchen, when you leave, you will find Mal is no longer sitting at any of the tables. Okay. So uh, you could assume he went back to his home. And of course, you know, he stays at the the Smithy's. Mm -hmm. He's got a, a small house there. And that's where he actually stays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will make my way through the uh, what remains of the bustle of the launch party thing going on, and make my way outside. It's nighttime at this point, right? Yes, it is nighttime. Okay. And uh, you will notice two things with your little vampire eyes right away, um, being that his door is wide open. Yeah, he's left the door open. Um, and his raving raven is sitting perched uh, on the doorway. Okay. I will approach cautiously. Uh, when you get to the door, you can see him. He's just kicked back in a chair, got his feet up on the table. Obviously, he's waiting for you. He knew you would be coming. Okay. But he's pretty relaxed. Um, and when he sees you approach, he will uh, look at you and be like, well... Come on in. Close the door behind you. I guess I will let Deju out to hang out with the raven. Alright. So, uh, he just come, comes out of my back and... Not, a, not at all foreboding to somebody walking down the street to see a raven and a flaming skull hanging no. out together. Nevermore. Yeah, it's perfectly normal. Uh, it's Nevermore Ranch. No. Um, so I'll go inside close the door he will kind of uh kind of sit up uh he's got himself a drink and he'll pour somebody uh in a glass and hand it to you and you will see it turn to blood and here i thought it was gav that made these oh i guess it still could be well well when first met gav i tried to be hospitable Believe it or not, the three of us were all friends at one time. I can believe it. So sit down, make yourself at home. I'll take the glass. Uh, believe I took my mask off prior. Um, so 
I will, I will attempt to perceive if there's anything odd about it. Okay. Uh, thirty-two. No, there's nothing odd about it. Okay, I'll take a drink. Is it cardboard blood? Yeah, it's the same shit you're used to. Damn. <laughs> I'll sit across from him and kind of swish around the blood in the in the cup a little bit. It's like a different one that I'm used to, so just kind of observing it. Yeah, this is just like a, a tumbler. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Glass tumbler, that's all it is. Like an alcohol tumbler or like a... Yes. Okay. Then he'll look back up at Mal. And with all the wit and guile of a dead fish will um, be like, so what did you get? What did I get? On your trip. I got to see some nice scenery. What scenery? Well, I mean, caves are very interesting places, don't you think? Maybe some of them. Hmm. So, why is it that you're the secretive about this? Because I'm pretty sure that you weren't out inspecting your mining interests. Hmm. Well, sometimes secrecy is necessary in order to protect oneself. From what? And, well, that depends on what the secret is, doesn't it? But if you're asking me why I keep talking around your questions instead of answering you, it's because I've come to believe that uh, your job is to go back and tell Daddy everything I say. I'm supposed to, yeah, but... uh, You haven't caught on to yet is him choosing you and, and the way he did. While, yes, he's we all know he's a lovely, lovely person and he wanted to do the right thing and you, your time had been cut short. He also knows that I was watching you, that I was interested, that I thought you might be a appropriate protege, let's say. Or it kind of just shakes his head. And what does that have to do with it? Well... What has to do with it is that my knowledge comes from, let's say, an unnatural place, but I am not necessarily of the mind that that knowledge should belong to me and only me, nor am I of the mind that anybody who wants that knowledge should have to commit themselves with contracts to devils. So I've been looking for somebody I thought had the potential to use the knowledge. And I don't suppose the follow-up question, what knowledge might that be, would be any use here? We both know what we're talking about. Uh, I meant in more specifics, but yeah. Yeah. Daddy's been sniffing around me for years. Alright, so then let's cut the crap. At least to a certain degree. You know that I'm trying to figure out a wealth of things. There are things you want. Gavin's worried about you being a threat. That's the line he's selling now. I'm a threat. Okay, look, I don't care that much about you not liking each other. Or why even my job. The only reason I have for disliking him 
is that he wants to be rid of me. Well, if you're not a problem, then you're not a problem. I don't think, as far as it goes, that it's that cut and dry. Well, tell me, what do you think? I think you hide a lot of things. I think Gavin has probably only left you alone because you're Zoff's friend. But I also think that the only reason he would mess with you is because of Zoff. Therefore, you don't really either have a reason to be at each other's throats. Because you care about Zov. He cares about Zov. At least as far as I can tell. I'm apparently quite good at that now. I've never been at the man's throat. I am secretive with him because I believe that while he may not come after me himself, that if he could acquire proof of what I could do, he would give that information to the individuals who would come after me. Okay. Then his hands stay clean and I'm out of the picture. I mean, if that was the case, he didn't need me. He's already aware that you have multiple casting abilities. He's aware of things. He has no understanding of how it works. Nothing that he can hand over to these people to make it anything more than a fairy tale in their eyes. You make the safe, right? The vault? Yeah. Wouldn't that be enough? I built it. But you also awarded it. No. Who did? I don't know. I'm not the only one in this town with secrets. Now, granted, I know a lot of people's secrets. I'm good at finding stuff out, but... And that kind of fits... I don't know everything. Garyon's theme, anyway. I don't know everything. Not yet. Alright. So, if this is a point where things aren't going to work through talking it out. Let's talk about something else. Something we've talked about before. Well, let me put this to you. It is not you I want information withheld from, it's him. So, if you want real answers to your questions I have to have some kind of guarantee that things are not going to go back to him I will even give you the caveat that if you decide I am in danger of some kind you can renege on the bill I'd like to agree and as much as I'd like to think Gav wouldn't do it he can still just tell me to tell him that's a fair point. I've read some more since you've been gone. Learned a bit more about Hell, Garion, Lorcan, 
the other devils. Asmodeus talked with Brigard about what he's supposed to do and what we're supposed to do. Then you figured out we're playing games with a lovely lot of fellas. Yeah. So I want to know some more things. Something that's not out of a book. Alright, this seems safe enough territory. So you serve Garion, Master of Secrets. All that fun stuff. Why? Why? Well, that is a lovely story. Uh... Basically, as I told you before, Middlesbrough should have been mine. But with my parents gone, and no one to protect me, I was forced out of basically what was my family's kingdom, if you... They don't use those words, but it's the same notion. I'm following. I returned for a short while after my brother came into power and got a ring on things, but it was never acceptable for me to be there. Especially after he married, his wife is a bit of a shrew. But regardless, one thing I learned on my travels is there was no safe place for me. There was no hill point yet. And so I was seeking knowledge and power for the purpose of being able to protect myself. And like many of the people in Hill Point, when a higher being offered me what I needed to be able to take care of myself, I was young and foolish and accepted. So, two questions. Question one. You said before that you go back to Middlesbrough whenever you want. That because of your brother, you were respected there still. My brother is respected there. And technically, I could go back and walk around. And because people know who I am, they wouldn't make too much of a fuss over it. But I'm not wanted there. And I'm not even allowed in my own house because of his wife. So I don't really go home. I sometimes go near and meet with the messenger my brother has sent out to uh, give me my part of the coin. Okay. Well, if it's any consolation, your sister-in-law sounds like a bitch. Yeah, she is, but, uh, she is the bitch that he's in love with, and I'm not going to hurt her because it would hurt him. Alright. Yes. Barring getting into things that don't make sense. You're... Not always subtle with dropping hints. Who else? Who else? Who else in Hillpoint? Uh, dropped a big old bomb for a god. I assume you're not just talking about Brigard. 
Who else in Hillpoint has signed deals with gods that they wish they hadn't gotten into? Yeah. Me? Gav? For certain. I'm pretty sure Ivari would renege on hers if she could. Uh, guess that's a fair point. Pretty much any of us that signed up with uh, the Dinsians of Hell, the Abyss. Desperation will cause you to do stupid things. That's fair. It, it's all fine and good while you're walking around in this life, but uh, you get older, you start thinking about how you're not going to be around forever in this world and start thinking about what's coming in the next and you start to regret things. Are you thinking you're not going to be around much longer? Well, that depends. Depends on what? On whether I can obtain the knowledge to keep myself from dying. But I somehow doubt big guy's going to allow that to happen because if I don't die, he doesn't get, you know, his end of the contract fulfilled. Or my end fulfilled for him. What end is that? The devils say they own your soul when you're gone. You belong to them. Your friend Brigard there, when he dies, he's going to be as moody as this little bitch boy for the rest of eternity. See, from what I'm reading, I'm having a hard time understanding the importance of individual souls in this whole thing. The mass, the overall flow, I understand. It's the ones and twos that I don't get. Well, it depends. Depends where you're headed, you know. Uh, if you're dealing with demons, they're just uh, making deals for their next lunch. That's the importance of it to them. So what the does Garyon get out of you? Another soldier. War is in a constant state, or hell is in a constant state of war. The more souls you have, the more soldiers you have. And the more powerful they are here, the more powerful they're going to be for you there. I see. And with these secrets, I imagine you are or are approaching a very respectable level of power. That's a fair assumption. And I imagine if you do find a way to keep yourself from dying through, say, magical means, uh, you'll probably just end up having devils hunting you down to try and kill you. No doubt. No doubt. Asmodeus has already offered three different deals to Garyon to try to get me away. And Garyon has turned them all down. There is uh, some drawbacks to having to be abide by your word. I can see that. But devils, they're also... They're bound by their word, but they're dishonest. Yeah. To some degree. So Rick kind of like thinks for a minute. Garion was offering... A wish. Anything, basically, within his power. So, 
Let me ask you something. How secret is this conversation? That's always a good question. I feel pretty certain that uh, nobody in town has the ability to eavesdrop on it. But uh, if you're talking about Garyon and Asmodeus and all of those, never know when they're paying attention. Part of the reason I left the bird outside. Why? The bird have some sort of link? Uh, Garyon often uses her to uh, watch me, to communicate with me. I'm going to cast tongues on myself and use the sign language and say, do you think telepathy will make this more private? I have no idea. Sometimes I think he can read my thoughts. I guess it just depends how much interest he has in this moment. Or whether his interests are elsewhere. Alright. Well then... I suppose as is safe for this conversation, you can keep the secrets that you have to. I'm also going to have to keep some of my own. I have some ideas. They're not well thought through at the moment, so I'm going to sit on them and think about them more. Just in the context of our conversation, try and wonder, I guess. But I prefer to play things safe. As much as I rush into things when things are happening, it's calm now. Rather than take it out, I'll regard the amulet that was given to me by Russell. And I'll be like, oddly. Well, oftentimes calms makes, calm makes me nervous. Means there's less going on. People can slow no, down. It People just means... There's less going on that you're aware of. Yeah. I think we're similar that way. I think you and I are probably similar in a lot of ways. It's the reason I've been watching you. It's the reason I let you watch me. So you knew, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me. What have you... And the old man figured out that he cannot yet prove. You have at least three kinds, if not more, of casting skulls that you can cast unlimitedly. And he'll just kind of smile. He's not going to acknowledge or deny the truth of this. I've only ever seen you use transmutation, and it seems to be your most common one. But I'm also going to take a wild guess and say that you teleported back to town, which is conjuration. Because you... The first time I checked on you, you were nowhere close. And even if you cast fly or haste on yourself. I think it would be a little difficult for you to get back here that quickly. Especially in the manner I did. I didn't get quite that much detail. I assume you just appeared in the bar, not snuck in the back or something? Yeah, well, maybe it's a fault of mine, but uh, 
I do like to aggravate him some for being so nosy. Gavin? Yeah. I knew um, he'd be there. Well then, in terms of proof, there's two. And straight proof. Not just hearsay. But it's, it's not proof. Not to these guys. You could go to them right now and you could tell them, Oh, I've seen him cast this, 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 and this. And they'll think you're a raving lunatic. Because and they don't... Who, who are these people? The mages in Valinor. Those jackasses in the tower? Those jackasses in the tower. Fuck them. I almost died because of their assholery. Well, they are extremely powerful. Each of them specialized in their school of magic. And all working together. And they believe that uh, the knowledge they have is too much for the common person. If, for example, you were to choose a school of magic and go out and try to claim it for yourself for this unlimited casting, whichever mage holds that power in that tower would come to track you down. They would either kill you and keep their seat, or you would kill them and take their place. So there's only a few of them. It's not even one like... for each school. Barring one. Because there is one that nobody can get to. Which one? Necromancy. Well, I guess having something like that would be extremely powerful in this limited space. It's outside the walls. That's what I was thinking. That means there's one outside. You do a good job of being misleading, by the way. It's in the blood. But the point is what knowledge they have, they don't want shared. They don't think that anybody else should have access to it. They think it's far too dangerous for other people to have access to it. They see themselves as some kind of protectors. And they are of the firm belief that what I do cannot be done and should not be done. So if you just go tell them, well, I've seen him use this school and this school, they're going to laugh at you. They think it's an impossibility. But if you understand how it works and can explain that to them, it becomes less of an impossibility and they become more of a threat. Sounds like science back in my world. It's crazy until you prove it. And I have proven it. And as much as I would like to take credit for it, it was not something I was able to figure out on my own. I figure that's... That's... Uh, Garyon's doing. And you figure rightly. But, I believe with just the knowledge of how it has worked thus far, and spells that I'm sure you know about, 
it could be replicated without his help. Which is why I was looking for a protege. So I've had some thoughts on the matter as well. You told me not a lot, but enough to think about last time we were here. Do you think that's accidental? No, I don't think there's a lot you say accidentally at this point. But you told me a couple of very important things, which I've still not been quite able to follow up on some of the details of how. But an important piece of information is that when you do one of these trials, your soul is filled with the the magical ability and then locked out. Therefore, theoretically, cordoning off different sections of the soul for this might work. It might not. There might be ways to gather multiple souls to switch out, but that's that's a poor man's version of what you're doing. If you're waiting for me to confirm or deny this knowledge, you know that's not coming, right? I know. But I figure it helps either way. If you're not here to be a pain in my ass, I'm not here to be a pain in yours. That makes sense. So we cannot talk as much as we want to the point where we understand each other to a certain degree. Makes sense? Well, the reason I chose to drop certain bits of information your way was because I figured since Fari had said she would be staying at your place and uh, teaching you a little bit of alchemy that she was going to go into the structure of things and how everything is permeated with magic. She did and I kind of like reach and tap uh my black mask. So I thought with the correct pieces of the puzzle supplied by me and the information you had from her, it would give you a good starting place. I'd take the um, mask off my hip and put it on. All right. Roll a perception check. 34. Alright, so... When you look at him with this mask on, you you have seen several people uh, wearing the mask, and, of course, the alchemy mask lets you see what type of magic uh, permeates them, whether it's the divine, the psychic, or the arcane. Or the weird. Or, or or the one that nobody can explain yet, yes. Right. Um, so, when you look at him, you do see arcane magic. You, uh, um, there are almost like dividing lines within him, though, made up of this gray matter that seems to separate out these areas, and you will notice that there is one area that is blank, that holds nothing. So, I guess cordoning is the 
wrong term. At this point, ha have I seen that there are other things with the gray stuff? You've seen it mostly in uh, different plant materials and stuff like that. Um, you've caught some small sight of it in Vari. And you've caught some uh, small sight of it in Lila and Dravik. Which, roll an intelligence check. I roll an int check. Woo, not 2025. 20, so, these are all people who are not divine casters, but who have committed themselves to gods. So, maybe it's. Okay, so that's. What is that? Influence? No, it happens randomly. Maybe. Shit. I... Okay. I think I've got an idea. I just... I don't know how to make this. And I, like, gesticulate at him. <laughs> well, that's... That's the, uh... The part that... Garyon is responsible for. You mind coming with me? Um, in a minute. I've been sitting here drinking this. I think I'm gonna go take a piss. Uh, you're welcome to browse around. Just whatever you do, don't go nosing around in that box right there. Understand me? Mm-hmm. And he'll get up and walk out of the room. I'm gonna nose around in that box. <laughs> I'm gonna nose around in that box in mist form first. So just in case there's something like you open this, it explodes. It doesn't do that. Uh no, no. He he has intentionally set this box out on the table. You have been in his home before. This okay, is Okay, so something... this is this is a very obvious we're not talking. Not, Don't we're not do talking this. about okay. this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I will I will open it. I will do so gently. He's still yeah, he's still cautious about everything. Okay, so uh, basically when you open this box, there are eight gems inside. Mm -hmm. Which, based on your reading and studying of late, you recognize right off the bat as soul gems. They are all empty at the moment. Last one. Er, they're all empty. Hmm. Alright. Um. I'm gonna take my phone out real quick. I'm gonna snap a picture. Then I'm gonna close it. Okay. And after a few minutes, he'll come back in the room. It was a long piss. I've been drinking a lot tonight. Guess so. So where are we going? Basement. You know, that never sounds good when you invite somebody to your basement. Well, I don't do much with the rest of the house. And I'll hold my hand up. Hmm. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, uh, Bavari has kind of taken run of most of your house. I don't seem to need much of it. 
I'm used to living in smaller places. Hmm. Quick question. What's that? You making a play for my girl? No. I was a, uh... I guess I should apologize. I was... Sorry. Don't have to apologize to me. She's not really mine. She never will be. She deserves to be happy. But, uh... Just keep in mind who you're dealing with her. Right. No, I'm not... Not something I'm worried about right now. It was a joke that went another way. It was a bet that she won. That's probably the only reason why. So, to the basement then? To the basement. And teleportation! Because we can. Because why walk across the street? Yes. Where people can see you. Poof, into the arcane repository. And like, he'll just go have a seat. This is not the first time he's been here. I'm I'm well aware. So, I am going to uh, spend some time. I'm going to retrieve some books to reference for... Uh, just in case, you know, I don't, I don't want to remember something wrong and do this improperly. But I'm going to be drawing some sigils on the on the ring, uh, and I'm going to be spellcrafting a ring, a circle of protection against evil. Uh, trying to cast that uh, because that is technically not on my spell list. I don't think I will double check. Or circle of protection against evil. Oh, no. It's on my list. Okay. Oh, summoner gives it to me. Sweet. Oh, I also get it from wizard. I thought only divines. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I've got it. Alright, so I'm going to create a circle against evil spell focused inward. Okay. Oof. Oof, big spell. Not the biggest spell, but big spell, nonetheless. Alright, so before I cast another spell, I will uh, be placing another sigil inside the circle. This one will react to something being summoned inside the circle uh, and immediately go off, and that will be Dimensional Anchor. And then I'm going to cast... Fucking shit. This could go very badly. I'm going to cast Planar Binding and summon a uh, daemon. What the hell, Sean? He wants answers, and he wants them now. I'm not summoning a big one. I'm summoning a weak one. Good grief. Tell you we're going to record a short conversation and you start summoning daemons. Hey, at least I'm not summoning astro daemons. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to summon a Kalka daemon. 
For Cacodamon. There are CR2. An ever gnashing maw filled with row after row of mismatched teeth dominates this frightful creature's orb like body. Sounds lovely. So, what kind of uh, check does this thing make to see whether it gets. Um. Planar binding. Uh, car- target creature is allowed a will saving throw. Um. If the saving throw succeeds, it resists the spell altogether. If it fails, it is drawn into my trap. And it's a will save? Yes. Yeah, so uh, it got a 17. So, my casting bonus is 6. So, um, yeah, no, it fails. Because that is certainly not a level 1 spell. That is a level... I can make do with the lesser, so that's a level 4 spell. So you successfully summon it, but what kind of checks does it get against your bindings that are trying to hold it in place? It, um, if it doesn't have spell resistance, it doesn't get one. Okay. Uh, if we can try. Um, the creature can escape from the trap by successfully pitting its spell resistance against your caster level by dimensional... Oh wait, hold on. By dimensional travel, or with a successful charisma check... DC 15 plus half my caster level plus my charisma mod. It can try each method once per day. So its only hope is the charisma mod. It, uh, because I cast dimensional anchor on it as well. And it doesn't have much hope for that given that it uh, only has a. Yeah, plus the DC one is. Yeah, 20. no, it's, it's not making the charisma check. Okay, so it is capped for the day at least. Alright, so you have summoned this thing. And Mel kind of gets up, moves the chair further back, sits back down. I just wave at it. Hello. Um, you're a daemon, yes? Yeah. You figured it out. Good job. Okay, asshole. So, I have some questions for you. Answer my questions. I'll let you go. Make sense? Don't answer my questions. I'll kill you dead, and you can't go back. So ask a question. Your soul-eating abilities, how do they work? How do they work? How do you separate the soul and turn it into a crystal? How do... I don't know. I mean, me as a player, he probably doesn't know, but I'm going to make a sense motive as Rick. This was the safe play. 29. Yeah, he doesn't know. He bites things. It (laughs) infects them. He mostly feeds off of people that have died within, like, he has to be right there. It's like within the last minute or so, but the soul gem just grows in his gut, and Have you ever seen or heard of a soul being pulled into multiple parts? Well, that wouldn't make much of a meal, would it? I imagine there are bigger, stronger souls. Maybe they could be divvied up now, wouldn't they? 
You think I share my lunch with others? You're obviously not one of the higher-end daemons. What do you know about them? From my reading, they do some weird shit. More than just eating souls. Preparing them like we would do food. Anything like that ring a bell? They make them scream, they make them holler, they torture them. Some of them they change, some of them they devour. You know, I'd be happy to escort you back if you want to see it firsthand. Mm. Well, I'm gonna have to not take you up on that. I cast innervation on him. <laughs> Alright. What is this going to do now? I have to make a ranged touch attack. Oh, that's actually a very poor roll. Hey, what's my ranged touch? Combat. Here we go. Uh, range was there. Uh, 11. No. No? <laughs> I miss. Pssew. I hit the wall. I wait for 24 seconds. And then I cast it again. And hopefully <laughs> roll above a 2 this time. Yes! How's a 16? A 16 will hit its touch. Alright. Now, <laughs> jeez. So fucking wave. And now I roll a d4. And that's three negative levels that it receives. Alright. <sighs> due to the planar binding, it'll be dead. Yeah. And now I have a dead Calcadamon to experiment with. And Mal's just kind of sitting back, sitting back watching you do all this. A little disturbed by what you're doing. I, I look at him, I pick I pick up the thing, I'm like, what? I'm not sure that's the best way to go about things. I'm just trying to pick together pieces of this fucking afterlife puzzle. Daemons eat souls. I figured they would know how to cut them apart, too. Obviously, this one's too stupid and uncaring. But I don't want to risk summoning something really powerful here in the middle of town. Good call. But these things, he doesn't know how it works. So that means it's likely a biological function. These things eat people. Or, well, they don't eat people. They go to corpses and turn their souls into gems, which form inside of them. Oh, for one, I'm gonna kind of like pry open the thing's mouth and uh, reach inside and feel around. Is there a soul gem inside? There is. I'll pull it out. Does it have anything in it? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's something. And I hold it up. Does it look like the ones that I saw in the box? It's basically is the same, uh, but there is obviously something in it. There's there's uh, a, mo a, a like a dark color within it, like almost just like a shading or a shadow that is moving about. I imagine that whatever's in here, given that this thing was likely called from, well, where they're from, that. The spirit that's in here is not exactly a good one to begin with. But I'm going to see what I can do 
with this, and I hold up the corpse. And this, and I kind of toss up the gem and hold on to it as a start. You are a dangerous man. Am I? I believe you are. Guess then that makes two of us. <laughs> what makes you think I'm dangerous? Power. Having the capability to be dangerous and actually being dangerous are two different things. What makes me that different? Uh, you're summoning demons in the middle of your basement? Weak ones. On purpose. Mm -hmm. With several layers of protection. That could never go wrong. It absolutely could, but that's why it's weak, so that it can die. Tell me, have you ever heard of a single account of me endangering anyone? Rick will actually, like, kind of think about that for a minute. Guess not. Hmm. And, uh, tell me, Rick. How many people have you killed in your life? A few. Not until I got here. You know how many I've slain? I don't know. How old are you? Not a single one. I want to sense his motive. Thirty-seven. He's telling the truth. Rick kind of stands there, like his arms are at his side. He's got this daemon like hooked up by the tail, and uh, the gem in his other hand. I. But you see, of course, I am the big bad evil man that uh, everyone must be worried about and afraid of, right? I'm going to bring death and destruction to everything Gavin loves. So answer me a question, Mr. I know all the secrets. I've already told you I don't know them all. You might know this one. How do you resist a vampire's command. You have to be free of him. And well, how do you do that? Well, you either have to kill him. I'm not going to do that. Or get him to release you voluntarily. Or make your own deal with an entity more powerful for him, within him. Gonna have to go the middle ground, I guess. Look, I don't want you to misunderstand me here, Rick. Gavin's a good guy. I'm not saying he's not. But his perceptions are clouded. Because when he sees power, he sees his father. And his father was not a good guy. He believes that power corrupts everyone. He could be far more powerful than he is, and he refuses it. Because he thinks it'll lead him down the wrong path. He thinks that I am power hungry, that I will do anything, anything, to become more powerful. And he is wrong. There are circumstances under which I will do anything, but it is only to protect those that I love. And even then, I will look for other options. 
than taking a man's life. But he cannot understand that because to him, power equates to becoming a monster. It's a funny way of looking at it, isn't it? Well, we already are. And kind of hold up the the thing. Kind of just look at it. Where I come from, if you're not human, you're a monster. And there are many people here that view have well have the pretty much that same view, uh, but. His father was a true monster. A horrible one at that. So I think it's only natural that he would have such fears. Sure. I can't say I haven't needed checking myself. And I think a lot of his fears come from the fact that just as I told you that one night when you asked me if it was between me and Zav and one of us had to die and I told you that Zav would die and that he would want it that way and Gab knows that and that's what he is truly afraid of is that if something like that ever comes down Zav will sacrifice himself and I will not stop him and he cannot handle that truth that doesn't make him a bad man that just makes him misguided in what he is doing Let me ask you this. I've come to the recent understanding that resurrection, not just resurrection, but animation, brings people back, but not always. There's a choice there. So, I don't suppose in that situation you could necessarily bring Zav back. No, I think that most likely whenever Zav's time comes, Zav is going to be quite happy to, uh, to move on. Unlike the rest of us, he knows he's going to a far better place. How does he know that? Everything I've read from this place says that you can't leave. You can't go to other planes. You can only call things from there here. No one from here has ever successfully traveled to another plane. But at the same time, the world is not full of of souls uh, walking around disembodied. Um, So you yourself said that when you were dead, you were someplace else. I guess that makes sense. And... Uh, once again. I have notes. Alec and Baldrick. Those are the names that my skeletons have. They were somebody else. Somewhere else. Not the same place I was. Don't know much about Alec. He apparently doesn't talk much. You called for souls and they chose to answer. 
if you're trying to understand how it works, you're asking the wrong person. I figured I might be asking the right one, but like you said, I don't know everything. I'm working on it. But backing up, why does this make me dangerous? Well, what if it had gotten loose? I would have killed it. What if what if you didn't kill it before it had caused damage? Avari's in this house somewhere. You're dangerous because you don't think things sir. Long term. Alright. He's gonna he's gonna set down the soul gem and the daemon on the table. And he's going to cast fabricate within the room. And basically set into all of the doorways uh, the same sigils used for the circle uh, against evil. And uh, he's just going to leave it at that. It's like, there. That's another layer of protection. Whenever I'm doing this, I can charge these. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to get you to think. I know. Every time I think I'm doing better, it's not enough. And the real question is, is it ever enough? Because everything has a cost price. Even when you get to where you can cast magic without it costing you life force, you've got to, to really consider things. You've seen how magic is embedded in everything. When you put on that mask and look at the plants for alchemy, do they have just an unlimited supply? Do they absorb more? Can you drain them of the magic? Do you ever consider these things? It crossed my mind, but I haven't done any experiments yet. Now, as far as I've been able to tell, there, there's in living matter. It's constantly reabsorbing. That you're not going to run out, but we don't know that for sure. And nothing, and nothing is ever free. That is a simple truth. Eventual heat death of the universe, but. I don't know how this affects that. You have to think of long-term consequences of everything you do. Do you think that I just uh, coincidentally popped up when I did and invited you to have this conversation without weighing all the risk of doing so? You, not likely. It's part of the problem. I can't think ahead of you. You technically have enough in your mind right now that if Gavin gets a hold of it, I could be fucking screwed. But, I'm trusting in the fact that in his heart, Gavin is a goody two-shoe. And he's not going to force information out of you because it would go against his little Serenian moral principles. Serenrenia. Gavin grew up in the church of Serenray. He was a vampire hunter before he became a vampire. He is technically still connected to Serenray in some way. 
she, uh, when he was changed, she, of course, let him devote himself to a god who is a god of vampires. She didn't intervene or try to stop him, but she did not totally revoke him either. Because he did what he did simply to save his soul, to keep it from being destroyed when he dies. But at his heart, he is a follower of Serenry. I've read about that. I know that. Between what he's told me and a bit about what I've read, vampires get the short stick when we finally get offed. No, no hell, no abyss, no Abaddon, just fucking particle punted across the universe. If I had to take my guess, I would say that, uh, that Saren Ray has allowed him to do this in hopes that once Warkin keeps him from being just utterly fucking destroyed, she can negotiate some kind of deal for him. Does Saren Ray work with devils a lot? A lot? No. But it's not unheard of. If there is a, a good purpose behind it. He did not choose the path he was set upon. He was trying to do her work and to protect others from his father. And this was the result of it. So like I said, it's not a bad man. I'm not after him in any way. I'm just trying to protect myself from him. I don't wish any harm to come to him. Alright. Oh, since we've already tipped the scales. Seven. Fuck! I take it necromancy's the one you don't have. Yeah, that is correct. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. If you're gonna break the rules, break them all. Alright. It's the eighth <sighs> one that scares me, though. Why's that? Because when I have accomplished it, when I have all eight, when I am the most powerful being on this plane, how long do you think Garyon lets me live before he comes to collect his debt and take my soul? I figure as soon as I've accomplished what he wants me to accomplish. There will be people sent after me. Because, well, then we'll just uh, have to keep that from happening. Well, that's the ultimate goal. But, uh, you can only run from the devil for so long, right? Yeah. Wasn't my choice to go after the last one. He basically told me it was... He found it. He knew where it was. It was time for me to go get it. And, uh... Disobedience is not a good option. Right. Well, then I guess my options are... Work quickly. I think if you spend some time talking to most people here... There are some that have... You know, not everybody has deals with gods and 
unlimited casting of different abilities or whatever. But uh, there's a definite much higher concentration of them here in Hillpoint than anywhere else. Because desperate people do desperate things. And I think that you will find there are several of us who regret the decisions we made in our desperation. The, uh, I think probably the biggest difference between me and Gavin is that uh, I would give it all up in a heartbeat if it would get me out of my contract. And I'm not sure he would. I guess Oblivion is kind of frightening. So, you know, that's where things stand, at least from my perspective. Of course, I don't expect you to simply take my word on things. You'll have to learn people for themselves and draw your own conclusions. I've got some ideas. I'll... I'll talk to people too, but... As far as it goes, you're in no danger for me. Unless you endanger... Well, Zob and Bari and Dravik and little Lila. I've got no intention of doing that. I think I'm going to focus on this for now. I'll be more careful about things. That would be advisable. I do like you. I like having you around. But you do something stupid that gets Mari hurt, and we're going to have issues. And I am the one person you don't want to have issues with. Fair enough. I do have a spell that can make these, and I hold the gem up, but I needed one for comparison. Yeah. We'll see if I can do anything with this. And I poke the corpse. Um, and I guess I'll get back to you as soon as I make any progress, or hit a brick wall, I guess. Well, my understanding of things was that uh, you're going to be taking a trip out of town soon. I'll still be thinking, doing what I can, where I can. Won't be able to use this here and emotion around, but I can take some things with me. And I can always pop back if I need something. I would tell you to be careful out there, but I assume you already know that uh, you're going into some places that could be pretty dangerous for you. Yeah. Russell... Russell gave me this. And I identified it. It doesn't have anything here to gimp me or anything, so I guess... You think he would gimp you? After I almost killed him? Probably. I mean, have you heard the way he talks about the genie? And he didn't even do anything to him. I don't know the man yet. 
I uh, intend to change that. But I try to get to know everybody who comes to town. So I'll not pass judgment on him. You get to understand that uh, Gav's not the only person whose past colors their view of the world. Fair enough. But as for another thing that's not well thought out, I'm thinking of reanimating this thing. It'll be under my control, so I can keep it from doing anything bad. But for what purpose? Let somebody else out. I can understand you maybe wanting to uh, rescue souls from some of these bad places, but uh, you do need to keep in mind that most of the people that ended up there ended up there for a reason. That's why it stays under control. As friendly as Baldrick is, I don't know that I could trust letting him do his own devices. Not in their entirety. I'm just saying, people end up where they end up for a reason. Sometimes it's because they entered in a contract. I mean, look at your friend Brigard and where he's headed, and he seems like a good enough fellow from everything I've heard. But most people end up where they end up because of the life they chose to live. Yeah. So, who exactly are you fucking rescuing? I don't know. There's a coin flip either way, ain't it? It's a big thing to gamble with. I guess. Especially when you're putting them in the body that can do what this body can do. True, but at the same time, one of the first things out of my mouth is going to be don't attack anything. Cause no harm. They have to. As wrong as that might be. That's not my judgment call to make, but uh, I question how long you can make somebody go against their nature. Because in all likelihood, those that are in a good place are not going to voluntarily come back. I'll think about it. That's the reason I'm here, is to make you think. As soon as I figure out how to do the thing, I'll let you know. So, any more questions, or can I go for the nice? One of us still has to sleep. No, I might pick your brain some more later, but get some sleep. I will, and, uh, I'll check in on you from time to time, even while you're gone. I'll be looking. He'll get up, and he'll actually hold a hand out to you. I'll hold a hand out to him. He'll shake your hand. I'll be like, alright. Well, stay safe. And uh, keep her safe. And he'll turn around and walk out of the room. He knows the way out. Yeah. So, what Rick's going to do uh, until 
morning is very slowly and carefully try and basically remove the internals of this daemon to try and see if there's like a weird physical way in which it does this, if there's like organs related to it, or if it's just purely magical in nature. Okay. Well, we will get that sorted out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Desters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting. And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had Travis. I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Key Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is last call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time. Thank <laughs> you.